The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter 12 is where we'll begin this morning. Thank you so much, Dr. Shoemaker, for the privilege to be back. And I do count that a great privilege and a great honor. Now, I want to talk very quickly to the alumni for this is why I chose this verse to begin with. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, wherefore, seeing we are also are encompassed about what so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, I know, alumni, that you've come back to reminisce, and I know that you've come back to tell all those stories that really never happened, but anyways. I know you've come back to talk about the good old days and, oh, the golden years, but I want to tell you this. First of all, we come back as the great a cloud of witnesses for these college students. And we need to encourage these college students on this weekend. You grab a hold of a college student you've never seen before and you take time and you pray with them. You know what they're going through. You know the things that they're they're struggling with and what they have. Also reach into those deep pockets now that you've graduated and give them something too. That would be all right as well. But I want to encourage you something, alumni. You've come back to be a great cloud of witnesses to encourage these on. And then I want to tell you this. I was here from 75 to 79 as a college student. Those were my years. Those were my days. And that's when I was a part of Pensacola Christian College. That was a long time ago. But I want to tell you, Pensacola Christian College has never been buildings, and it's not buildings today. Pensacola Christian College are you students. This is your time. This is your moment, and you seize every bit of it. You are Pensacola Christian. I used to be, but I'm not Pensacola Christian College. Students, you are Pensacola Christian College. And I want to tell you, you make the very best. The four years I was at PCC, absolutely, outside of my salvation at 12, absolutely changed my life in every way. And that's what should happen to you. And I want to tell you something else. We're going to all this weekend talk about all these good old days and all these golden years. I believe right now there has never been a time at PCC's history that this college is more important than it is right now. There has never been the need in the United States of America for servant leaders to come out of this college and infiltrate and saturate our country and our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just want to tell you right now, college students, this is the best time. Now, we're going to tell you all about our times. We're going to tell you the 70s was the best or the 80s was the best or the 90s was the best. But I'm telling you, today in chapel, this is the best time to be at PCC because the need is greater than it has ever been. So college students, look at each other and say, I am glad I'm here now. Would you say that right now? Look at everyone. Look at someone. I am glad I'm here now. Now take your Bibles and turn to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. So I found out I was coming to speak at what is called Legacy Chapel. 
Legacy Chapel. So I looked up the word legacy. And this is what legacy means. This, and I got to tell you, when I read this, I said, yep, that's going to work. <laughs> legacy, the long lasting impact of particular events or actions that took place in the past of a person's life. Did you guys get that? The long-lasting impact of particular events or actions that took place in the past of a person's life. Legacy. I want to talk to you about three today. I would have many. I want to talk to you about a particular event that occurred my freshman year. I'd like to tell you one that happened my sophomore year and one that happened my junior year that I think have served me well and they are a legacy to me at PCC. The first one's my freshman year. Would you look with me at Numbers chapter 13? At the very end, the spies come back and they do give a report of the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, verse 27 of Numbers 13, and they told him, that would be Moses, and said, we came onto the land whether thou sent us. Yeah, yeah, surely. It floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, hey, we saw the children of Enoch there. The Malachites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Mosquito Bites, the Electric Lights. They were all there, man. We saw them. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, come on, guys, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Oh, but the men that went up with him said, man, we'd be not able. Those are some of the voices that you're hearing in your heart and your spirit, uh, uh, college students. And they brought it up an evil report of the land. The land through which we have gone to search, it's a land that eateth up its inhabitants. There we saw the giants, the son of Enoch, which come to the giants. And we were in our own sight as everyone together, as what? Grasshoppers, come on guys. And so we were in their sight and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept. I want to tell you about my weeping. That night, then down to verse eight and nine, Caleb gets, I like this guy, Caleb. If the Lord delight in us, then he'll bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. It was my freshman year. It was October. And it was very similar to this. I mean, this would be just about the time of October it was. I was in Ballard, 217. That was my room. And um, I'm on the top bunk. I like top bunks. I was top bunk all four years. I don't like people sitting on my bed, so I like top bunks. So I was on top bunk, 217, I was by myself. It was the afternoon, I came back from a class, my other, other roommates weren't in there. And I got up on the bed, and I come from northern Michigan. It was the middle of October, and I'm laying on my bed, and I'm starting to think about hardwood trees that are yellow, that are red, that are orange, and in Pensacola, they're brown. And I'm starting to think of those hardwood trees changing in the cool air. 
and Michigan football. I start thinking about my mom's cooking. And I start thinking about this and that. And we lived on Lake Leelanau. I'm telling you, we lived in the most beautiful spot in the world. And I start getting homesick. I'm a freshman. I never experienced rules like this in my entire life. <laughs> I came from a public high school. I never knew any of this stuff. I had never worn a tie in my entire life. I came down here with hair down the middle of my back with a beautiful ponytail. And I had to get three haircuts in 24 hours. I hadn't seen my ears since I was fifth grade. I had worked construction that summer and I had this tan face and from here back it was white. My nickname for the first two weeks of college was albino ears. Hey, did you see that guy with the white ears? Yeah, it's because I lost all my hair from here back. Guys, I tell you something. I was homesick big time. But I'll tell you what I missed the most. I missed my mom. I missed the weather. I missed the lake. I missed all that stuff. But I missed my 85-pound black Labrador named Samson. I had the best black lab, and I missed Samson. Samson was cleaner and nicer than my three roommates, I'm telling you. And I think one of them's in this room, and definitely Samson was better than that one. And I missed my dog, and I started thinking about Sam. And around our house, we had a deck. And on that deck, we had an old towel. We had an old rag towel, and I'd hang it over the deck. And Sam and I would play a game. And I remember when I would walk home from school down the dirt road, down the thing, Sam would wait. And when he saw me come, he would go over to the towel and have, this is the towel. And pull it off and he'd come running. Now, Labradors don't just wag, okay? Labradors wag. I mean, they wag. I mean, the tail's just moving everything back and forth. And I still picture, I'm on the top bunk in, in uh, I'm in the top bunk in Ballard 217. And I'm so homesick, and I'm picturing my dog <laughs> coming at me. And Samson's running down, and, he, and, and he, you know, he's got the one end, and I got the other end, and we go at it for the next 10, 15 minutes. I mean, we go one way, he goes the other. He's just... <laughs> and then I remember just pulling that thing this way and that way, and man, and I'll tell you what, I never beat him. He'd never let go of that stupid towel. There was blood marks in it. He'd never let go of that thing. I'd go one way, I'd go the other way. I remember there was one time I took him around to the deck, and I took him around the deck, and I literally lifted him up. He's hanging. But he'd never let go. Boy, after about 10, 15 minutes, finally you let go, and you go, and he'd take that, and walk away like he just beat mankind. And I'm laying up in that top bunk in 217, and I said, oh, God, if a dog can hold on to a towel, I can hold on to you and what you got for me. I'm a freshman. I want to go home. I am as homesick as anything. But I got a dog that holds on to a towel. I can hold on to what God has for me. My freshman year, I made a decision. God, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And I'll tell you why. Not only because it's worth it. No, because he's worth it. And I want to tell you, college students, he's worth it. Hold on. He's worth it. He'll give you the grace he'll provide. It is through those difficult times. My freshman year, I settled this thing.
you know what? I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And I'm going to tell you something, freshman. You're never going to stand in a legacy chapel if you let go of the towel. Let me tell you something, college student. Hold on because it's worth it. My sophomore year, something very interesting happened. Take your Bibles now and turn to Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. My sophomore year, I learned another lesson. My freshman year, don't quit because he's worth it. And I said, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to let go and I'm not going to quit. My sophomore year, there was an individual that was part of our administration, he was part of the faculty, and every college student will tell you that went to college at all in those first few years that Dr. Ron Godwin was the biggest personality you could ever imagine. Everyone loved Dr. Godwin. You loved his classes. When we knew that he was speaking in chapel that day, it was like, hey, Dr. Godwin's speaking. Dr. Godwin. We had some of the biggest names in fundamentalism in America. But when Dr. Godwin was speaking, we go, oh, Dr. Godwin's speaking. Amen. We just, he's just one of those personalities that everyone on the campus loved. I just looked at Pensacola Christian College, and I thought of Don Ron, uh, Dr. Ron Godwin. And uh, he's a big guy. He was about 6'3", 6'4". He's still alive. Kind of a gauntly, a big guy, kind of slender. And there was just something about Dr. Godwin's presence. And I loved him. He never called me Jim. Never one time. It was always Shetler. He said, Shetler! 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 And I just loved it. It was just like a term of endearment. And he would say it rough. He was just a man's man. So when he'd say, hey, Shetler, I go, yes, sir, you're my man. In the spring of my sophomore year, there was a rumor. And the rumor was, Dr. Godwin was leaving at the end of the year. I go, hey, Dr. Godwin ain't leaving, man. Dr. Godwin leaves Pensacola. That's the college, man. I mean, he is PCC. So I made an appointment with him. And I went in to see Dr. Godwin. And you got, he was very intimidating. So I come into his little office, and he like fills the office. And I come into his office, and he says, Shetler, sit down. So I sit down. What do you want, Shetler? Well, um, there, there's something that we're, we're hearing. <laughs> what are you hearing, Shetler? Gossip? Well, I don't know. That's kind of why I'm here. <laughs> Shetler, what are you hearing? Well, Dr. Godwin, I'm hearing that, that you may be leaving. And I just want you to know, Dr. Godwin, you are PCC. If you leave, I'm leaving. And oh God, no, I'm serious. Dr. God, when you leave, I'm leaving. What happens in the next two minutes is going to change my life. Dr. Godwin takes that long bony arm of his, he sticks it across that desk, and he sticks it in my face. And Dr. Godwin says this. He says, Shetler, don't you worry about Ron Godwin. You worry about you. And then he said this. He says, Shetler, if you ever leave this place, you make sure you leave on your own red wagon. Don't you jump on my red wagon. Don't you jump on anyone's red wagon. It doesn't matter whether I'm staying or going. And it shouldn't matter to you either, Shetler. Let me tell you something, Shetler. You ever leave here, you leave on your own red wagon. Well, I got to tell you, that served me well. I stayed for 29 more years. And I want to tell you, there was a lot of red wagons I could have jumped on. But I determined that day 
And I said, God, I am not going to be man called. I got to know that you got me here. And I will tell you, when you know that God has called you, you're going to make it. If you're not, if you're still fiddling with that, you will struggle all of your days here. I've worked with college students for 44 years. And really go further than that, you might as well just go into being a floor leader as well. I've worked with college students for a lot of years. I want to tell you something. Satan plays with college students until they determine, you know what, this is where God's got me. Are you sitting in one of these seats right now? Because if you are, this is where God's got you. And you need to settle that right now. I love the story of Ruth. And, and, and I just love this. In Ruth chapter 1, look at verse 14. And they lifted up their voice and they wept again. And Orpha, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people, unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And, and Ruth's going like, Mom, you're not catching this. Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. See, we're thinking that she's all about mother-in-law, but I, don't th I think it's much deeper than that, college students. For whether thou goest, I will go, and whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Now listen to this. Thy people shall be my people. And listen to this statement. And thy God, my God, where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death, part thee and me. And look at verse 18. When she, Naomi, mom, saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. I'm going to tell you, college students, you struggle you say, I don't know if I'm going to be here. Next semester, I'm thinking about maybe moving. I think I'm transferring. I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is God. I don't know if you're sure my, my major. I, I, it's not positive. Deal with that and deal with it now. My sophomore year, I walked out of Dr. Godwin's office and I said, you know what? First of all, I'm not going to pick up someone else's offense and that will serve you well for the rest of your life, college student. Don't pick up other people's offenses. You just stay on your red wagon and what God's called you to. And know, you know what, God, you got me here. You called me here. And I got that settled. And as soon as you do, you will be amazed how much more you're going to like this place. It's when you're always in decision. And I'll tell you, my sophomore year, I fixed that. I nailed that down. And I said, no, 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 no. You are God called. You're not man called. And God, you called me to PCC. And I settled that, never had another problem with it, had the greatest years of my life after I settled that. Third thing, and we're done. Ooh, yeah, we are. Third thing. This is really good. Maybe one of the greatest things I ever learned in this place is that there is no secular part of your life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you do all to the glory of God. It was here that I learned you can dig mulch piles for God's glory. You can be a floor leader for God's glory. You can do good in a classroom for God's glory. You can be a collegiate officer for God's glory. You can play soccer for God's glory. You can, do, you can go on an extension on Saturday for God's glory. I learned here that there is no secular part of my life. When we went to college here, 
everything filtered through to God be the glory. And college student, well, I, I'm here to be an engineer. Great, praise the Lord. But you're not an engineer who happens to be a Christian. You're a Christian who happens to be an engineer. Let me tell you something. Well, I, I, I'm gonna, God's called me to be a nurse. No, I wanna tell you, God's called you to be a Christian. And if nursing is what he uses for your ministry, then you are all about that. I want to tell you something. I do not have a day that I have ever been called to preach. I have been preaching now for 44 years. It's my entire life. I do not have a day I was called to preach, but I do have a day when I volunteered for ministry to God. And I said, God, if you can use me, I'd like to serve you the rest of my life. And it didn't matter if I ended up in food service. It didn't matter if I ended up as a janitor. It didn't matter if I ended up as a congressperson. It doesn't matter what you are. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I want to tell you something. Every one of us are in full-time ministry. Oh, some of us get paid for it. Wow, what a deal that is. But I will tell you, every one of us is in full-time ministry. My junior year, it was subtle. But my junior year, I settled that. That God, there is no part of my life without you. And everything I do in my life, I'm going to bring glory to God with that. Now, I'm not saying I've done it every day. I'm not saying I've done it every moment of my life. Ain't no way. But I am going to tell you, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you do all to the glory of God. And I was just going to tell you this. I'll tell you where this really hit me. One day, I'm walking across campus and I see Dr. Horton off to the side. And he went over and he went off the trail, off the sidewalk, and he went over and he picked up a little piece of trash. And I went like, that guy's all in, man. That guy's all in. He's the president of this place. Why is he picking up a little piece of trash? And I realized, you know what? If I'm doing this, I'm doing this all in, man. I am all in for my God. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, college student, you do all to the glory of God. I learned that at PCC. You learn it as well. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.